Welcome to Badgers in the Basement. I'm Justin Milky. My name's Chris Kundalini. And I'm Christian Furman. Today we got a loaded schedule for you guys. The Badgers are 13th in the nation and they're heading to the big house after three weeks Let's off. Go. Also, there was an unforgettable game in South Bend this last weekend. Was it Magic or Ian Book? Down go the Tigers. Heisman talk for you. Trevor Lawrence is no longer the front runner after missing a game. Also, we had a crazy finish in Blacksburg as Liberty survives. And a classic, Breeze and Brady. We got some college football playoff talks for you. Michigan is terrible, and we'll get some picks in there. As always, enjoy the show. Let's talk about some Big Ten. Jackie Heisman. You know we're here in Madison, Martin, Wisconsin. Yep. Jonathan Taylor looks really nice for the Between the hashes. Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Welcome to Condos Corner. Packers by a million. Packers by 56. KK all day. Tyler Hero's a dog. Game seven. This. Is Badgers Welcome in the basement. to Badgers in the Basement. This is Badgers in the Basement. Boys, we had a interesting one. I think it was a game that nobody wanted to tune into, but it actually turned out to be a pretty good football game. Uh, not too good for the Jets, though. They fall to 0-9. What did you guys see tonight? Patriots looked pretty okay. Cam Newton played really well. Their defense did not look good. J.C. Jackson did not play well at all. They Patriots did outscore the Jets 13-0 in the fourth quarter, and ultimately that got them the result they wanted tonight. Joe Flacco looked good. Yeah, he played well. He looked really good. Both quarterbacks were kind of the storyline of the game, in my opinion. Both of them played really well. Both threw for over 200 yards. A couple, I think Joe Flacco threw for a couple touchdowns. Cam ran for a couple. Are we ever going to see Sam Darnold again? Absolutely. On a different team? Maybe. maybe? I think Maybe. I mean, they looked I, – I get that the Patriots aren't what they used to be, but <laughs> the Jets, this was their best game. <laughs> they played their best game tonight against Belichick. Uh, they really put some stuff together. They really were moving the ball well. I mean, they, you put up you put up 27 points. You just got outcoached at the end. Belichick, great clock management on the last drive. Secures the ball, takes him down. Cam Newton gets him down to the 30, call a timeout, game winner. I mean, that's just about as textbook as it gets, and that's all on Coach Belichick right there. He, they got outcoached at the end of the day, but the Jets, there was nothing that you can say about them that tonight, for the first time all year, that was really that bad. I mean, they look good. They definitely looked better. I still think that they they did a couple things wrong, which cost them the game. Not converting first downs when they needed to and not giving their defense enough time off the field to be able to come back and stop the Patriots from scoring again in the fourth quarter really did them in. I mean, I didn't expect the Jets to score that much, for sure. No, I, the over-under was set, I think, like 42 or 43. And so they blew it out the water. Yeah, so, I mean, it went way over. It was way high scoring. I think people thought these offenses were going to come out and kind of take a dump and not really do much on the field. But all in all, the defenses were the ones that came out and took a dump and didn't do much <laughs> on the field. So right. that's how we get to end with, a, I think, a 30-27 scoreline. Yeah, you know, it's always nice to see Cam Newton to come uh, come back out and be himself again. 27 for 35, 274 yards and two rushing touchdowns. What else would we expect from him? You know, Patriots were on a four-game losing streak before this. I think it was pretty crucial for them to come over the hump. And, hey, all I can say is I feel for you Jets fans out there. <laughs> I've been there 0-8 as a Lions fan. and it's not too 0-9 uh, now after tonight, and it's not too much fun. So, no. Well, do we think that the Patriots have any little little hope here of climbing back into this playoff race in the AFC, or is it is it Dunzo? They got they got seven games left. They got a tall hill to climb, but I don't think you can ever rule them out. 
I don't think you can either. I, I don't think they're going to go seven and zero in these last games, but I don't think you can rule them out just yet. Belichick is going to find a way to make it a game. Yeah, he's the greatest ever. I mean, if there's a coach out there who can get a team to go from two and five to eight and eight and sneak in the playoffs, I mean, he's the guy to do it, right? Yeah, definitely. Let's uh, swing it to the starting five. We got Wisconsin going to Michigan, boys. Yes, this sir. is a big one. Whoop. Big one. We can't we can't miss any more games. We as in the Badgers, we can't miss any more games this year, or we're not going to be eligible for the Big Ten championship. Luckily, we're down to five COVID cases at the time. And Barry said, we're all good to go. Gave us the thumbs up. We're heading to Ann Armour this weekend. Do you think it's even a challenge, with even if we do play Vandenboom this weekend? Or do the Badgers roll to 2-0? I think we have to get to 2-0. I think that this team will find whatever way, ways they can to get it done. It's a really big game. They're in a very tight division race in the Big Ten West with Northwestern and mm-hmm. Purdue. All winning games. And, and Northwestern's 3-0. and I mean, they've right. played two more games than us. So we're going to need probably a couple teams to lose at least a game or two to even give us a chance. But we can't drop any games. It has it has to be a win this weekend in Ann Arbor. Um, Graham, Mertz, Graham Mertz might be playing. We're not certain yet, but we think that he will. Uh, his three weeks of being like without any kind of team activities expires on Friday. So as long as he gets in some decent practices, Paul Chris said that the, that hopefully he'll be able to play. Yep. His defense is still going to be tenacious and really dominate this not very good Michigan offense. And I think that's where the game is going to be won for the Badgers. Yeah, I'm just not too worried. The Badgers, I mean, they, they've they had a lot of rest here. So, I mean, they better be freaking ready to go. I mean, yeah, their legs better be kicking down those sidelines. I'm looking for a big one for all the boys to uh, this weekend. And even if Van and Boom gets the start, I mean, I honestly think it, we're going to see Graham out there. There's no way if his stuff expires on Friday, he's eligible to play. There, It's really hard if you're the coach to, to say – no to him. I mean, the team hasn't even been practicing all together. So, I mean, it's not like he's been missing. He's been out, but he hasn't been missing, like, the team activities, really. Uh, so, I think he'll be ready to go. I think they're going to play him. But I'm not I'm not a big fan of Michigan. They're, they haven't looked good this year. I think with, with Vanden Boom, it's money. So Not at all. And I know we'll get to that later. But Jim Harbaugh is treading in deep waters oh man we might get him fired this weekend (laughs) and that's what i was just about to say this game against wisconsin is going to be crucial for them wolverines um we're coming out of a two game slump now we haven't played in two weeks two weeks i know indiana just wiped the floor and gave them the works i'm a big fan of michael Penix jr as well but we'll say indiana's legit (laughs) they are legit but the big 10 is extremely competitive, and the Wolverines have not been living up to their expectations. Jim Harbaugh is going to have another tough game against Ohio State this year. These Wolverine fans are going to be upset, and they're going to be even more upset when them Badgers come in and give them a W. I really really think we're going to come in there and get Jim Harbaugh Harbaugh fired, but what I will say is that if there is a game where the Wolverines want to bounce back, I mean, we clowned them at Camp Randall last year. We, we It was 35-0 late in the third quarter. We ended up winning 35-14 after putting some subs in. I, and, and, and not only that, I know that's on the back of the Wolverines' minds, but also, I mean, they just got embarrassed two straight weeks in a row. So I, they're going to be coming out. They're going to be hungry for a win. But uh, it's it's too tall of a task there for the Wolverines. And get a look at this though: Michigan opens as small one point favorite against Wisconsin in yeah. Week Eleven. At where, home. where are you getting these numbers? I'm getting, getting this numbers? fake news out here fake from sportsbetting.com. Sportsbetting. <laughs> yeah, ESPN is the line at minus two and a half for the Badgers. I'm just excited. I'm excited for Badger football yeah, to be back. Obviously, I hope 
everyone's going to be healthy. We have no more complications. But you play hey, Saturday night on times. ABC. Can't get much better than that. Be there or be square. Be there or be square <laughs> there, boys. All right, let's Luck swing. Luck the Irish. <laughs> oh, it was a gritty one in South Bend. And Christian lost some Absolutely. money. I'm sorry, my man. Yep. So did Freddie. did not cover five and a half. GG. But what did I tell you all night? What did I tell you all night? Ian Book. Ian Book played very, 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 very well. He's a senior that will not be denied this year, and he just put his team in the ACC championship game, and that's for damn sure. I think he made a lot of plays with his arms and his legs. Obviously, in a high-scoring game like that, you need your quarterback to play well. And Ian Book stepped up to the task and got a little bit of revenge for the college football playoff two years ago. I think it was too sweet for him. I think he, I mean, I watched some interviews, and he definitely said it was in the back of his mind. Also on game day, when questioned about Trevor Lawrence, uh, Ian Book said, well, Trevor Lawrence doesn't play defense, so he didn't care. Exactly. And he came out, and he took care of his assignments. He had, did not pay any attention to the distractions, did not pay any attention to the hype. He came out, and he won his football game for his team. And they were excited in South Bend. I mean, you saw them oh, storm yeah. the field. I mean, they just they just clinched a big one. That's a huge one. <laughs> that's a whole one. other story, though. Oh, that's they old. were busting on the field. Arona soup. <laughs> Stir the pot. They had 16,000 fans on the field. The hell out of the field. We were watching oh, that. man. And I was literally just in shock. Man. Everyone started rushing to the center. It was packed like nothing was going on. Insane. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> bro. Like, I, I'm, I was speechless when I saw it. I just told you, what if the players get it? They bro. don't have masks. They're just chilling right. out exactly. there. That's the like, key. And everyone's just around them. Everyone's crowding them, holding them up. And, and that's the we key. have over 50 universities that are canceling games, having complications so, with COVID. So Brian Kelly actually said to his team, he actually made a plan for this. He actually <laughs> said in the locker room before the game, he told his team, he said, when you win this game, the fans will storm the field. And he urged his players to get back to the locker room as quickly as possible. But, I mean, <laughs> no chance. They with the squad. <laughs> no chance. I mean, you just beat the number one team in the nation that's only lost one game in the last, like, two years. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, is that was... And it was a hell of a game. Went to double was, overtime. Yeah. It was probably one of the best primetime like games I've seen in a very long time. It was definitely the game of the year so far. Mm-hmm. In I, our I can't tell you the last season. time I saw like a top five ranked matchup go to double overtime. I mean, not since right. we saw Tua's very first game in the college football playoff. Was that three years ago now? Yeah. When they beat Georgia, like that was that's the last time I've seen a really good gritty game like that come down to the wire and go to overtime. Tell me what you guys saw out of EJ Yungalele. Tell me what you saw out of him. Um, he balled out. I still think he's a little young. I I think this game will definitely help him in terms of how his career progresses at Clemson and possibly in the NFL. But he's a stud. Dude yeah. was making plays also with his legs and his arm. Was finding open receivers. Was throwing some nice, threw a really nice deep ball over the top in yep. the first quarter. Um, but, I mean, 6'5", I think he's 250. I mean, he can definitely lower the pads yeah. and and run a few people over and pick up some yards with his legs. And he looked good, but I think the moment was just a little bit too big for him. I think he struggled a little bit in overtime, and I think the Notre Dame defense ended up getting the best of him. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, he he was pretty much flawless in the whole game. I mean, you can't discredit a guy who can put up 40 points for his team, but then uh, he played flawless until the last drive. And I think this will be a huge learning point for him because you can't knock the kid. However... If you want to be realistic, him taking a couple of major sacks there in, in the final leg of overtime really put them in an unfortunate position and a long fourth down that was just really unmanageable. 
I think that he played perfect up until that point. It wasn't all on him. You know, that has some responsibility to go to the the, uh, the offensive line, but uh, he's going to learn from that. He's going to know that he's got to get it out quicker. I, I think he just lost a little bit of composure in that last overtime. You could see him on the sideline thinking it was over, thinking it was okay. I think he had the same mindset that you kept telling me. You don't want to play Clemson in overtime because you don't want to hang with good teams. Right. I think he, he adapted that mindset, got a little complacent. And he wasn't as sharp in the double overtime. I agree, 100%. Hey, come on, it's the kids' first overtime game, let alone double overtime game yeah. against... I'm not knocking on him. It's going to be a great learning point for him. Yeah. I'm excited to see them rematch later in the season. Yeah, I think that's it's going to be a doozy. I think it's bound to happen. So, uh, staying on this third topic, Trevor Lawrence was out, and now he is not the, the front runner for the Heisman anymore. Do you guys have some picks here for who you're liking this year? Who's been playing well? Well, I feel like with Trevor Lawrence out that Justin Fields, it's his trophy to lose. I don't really, I mean, with the, there's no one else who plays on that good of a caliber team who's really a prolific name besides maybe Najee Harris or Mac Jones. I still think Justin Fields has a leg up on them both. Through three games, he's 72 for 83 with 908 yards, 11 touchdowns, and then another two touchdowns rushing. I mean, those are just absurd numbers. He has zero interceptions again. Just terrific at taking good care of the ball and not really you know giving the other teams chances to come back in Ohio State and as long as Ohio State continues to win and and no one else is kind of contesting Justin Fields I think it's his his trophy to lose well you said there's no other names but I'll give you a name Kyle Trask that man is putting mm. the team on his back he has looked good for Florida he is money dude listen to these stats the man has 1800 yards right now 1815 yards 22 touchdowns, which is tied for first. Three interceptions and a QBR of 92.9, which is fourth best. What I will give you is Justin Fields has the best QBR in college football right now. But I think Kyle Trask is doing huge things. He just dismantled a very strong Georgia defense. I mean, Georgia is not a bad team by any means, and he just went to work. It was a clinic. Put up a lot of points. One guy I like to mention as well is Zach Wilson out of BYU. Absolutely. I think a lot of people have been putting him into the Heisman conversation. Um, he's third in the nation efficiency, only behind Fields and Alabama's Mac Jones. He has 22 touchdowns, and he's run for eight. I mean, the kid's going crazy. He has an awesome wide receiver core. I know they have a very nice team. It's very tenured, and I know a lot of people are keeping an eye on them to make a run and do things for their program that they haven't done in a long time. And you know, Zach Wilson's leading the way, and I'd love to see a name like him um, come in with a team like his in the Heisman conversation. I think, again, it's going to kind of be a struggle of how well, like how much credit does BYU get for like like how, how well they've done this season. All of that kind of factors in, and that's, in my opinion, why I just think Justin feels it's his to lose because some of these guys are just going to be on teams that aren't necessarily as high-ranking and high-prestige as Ohio State, and I think him being on that good of a football team is going to, kind of helped carry him to this trophy. He leads the league not only in QBR, but also interceptions with zero. He's exactly. flawless right now. Exactly. Last one I want to put out there, keep an eye on that boy Michael Penix. I know mm. we've talked to about him a lot. That's a dark horse. We'll see. He seems like a big dark horse. Cause again, I agree. It's just, but keep an he, eye on Isn't he young? Isn't he young? You yeah, never he's know. Very he's a sophomore. sophomore. Yeah, I, I see him maybe winning that down the road. He could be in the conversation maybe next year. This year he would take a miracle finish, but I tell you what, if he keeps playing like he is and he goes into the horseshoe and he gets a win against the Buckeyes and throws a bunch of touchdowns, I don't see why you can't. I like him a lot. Fun young player to watch. Absolutely. 
All right, boys. We got one to talk about. We'll go through this one quick, but I, we, we, we need to talk about this. This is one of the weirdest, craziest finishes that we saw this weekend, besides with the exception of the game in South Bend. But we had a crazy finish in Blacksburg. <laughs> so Liberty, <laughs> Liberty lines up to, to send in a game-winning kick in a tie ball game at 35. Virginia Tech jumps it, blocks it, and returns it for a touchdown. They but appear wait. to have win, won the game, but That's no. Him. Boys, they coach called defense. a timeout. <laughs> Liberty lines back up and drills the game winner to win 38 to 35. So my one question, my one defense. question, boys, if you're a player on that team, are you mad at coach or do you stick to the game plan? Ice the kicker. Because I tell you what, That's... if I'm the guy that blocked the kick, dude, I'm pissed. I believe it. I'd be pretty mad too, but at the same time, I think the coach has to let his guys know that like that's coming. That of course he's gonna try and ice the kicker. I think that's something that's kind of sitting in the back of your head. But I mean, it's it's, it's like that's just unreal. I mean, that's a heartbreaking way to lose a football <laughs> game. Like really, really bad. Like, what do you tell your team after that? What do you say in the locker room? Like, you go in and what do you? You gotta face those men. My you gotta, y'all. <laughs> my fault, bro. <laughs> that's tough. That's really tough. A crazy finish. We had to talk about it, but let's swing it to some Breeze Brady talk here. We have a lot more to, to digest here. It was a heck of a game for Brees. Uh, it was pretty lackluster for Brady. I'm just going to let you take it, Justin. I know you've been waiting for this. I know you've been waiting for that moment to jump on Tom Brady serve and him just up. serve him up. So, Mike's all yours. I have absolutely nothing disrespectful to say about Tom Brady. But I'm going to read you some numbers because numbers do not lie. Tom Brady, 22 for 38 last night. For 209 yards, fair, 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 so, so. The numbers don't lie. But zero touchdowns, uh, three interceptions, wolf. three sacks. Uh, he looked wolf. uncomfortable Maybe all night. Maybe they do lie. And he rounded out <laughs> his QBR at a whopping 3.8 on the night. Yeah. I was telling you, boys, I haven't seen anything that bad since Hornybrook at Michigan. <laughs> and we're talking about the guy you call the GOAT. Tom Brady, three point four. He QBR. looked like he looked like Alex Hornibrook in the big house. He looked scared, and I've ne- I, I I will say, I've never seen Tom Brady look scared like that, like he did last night. So boys, Tom Brady's still the goat. Yeah, I mean, his resume <laughs> definitely still says he's the goat. But boy, did he play bad last night. Uh, it was far from even decent. And the yeah. fact that they came out and had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, and they yeah. put up three points. Like that's, I mean, that's not good, not at all. Dude, I don't know if this kind of falls on Bruce Arians, who didn't game plan well, or if the Saints just had their number and got to give Sean Payton and that coaching staff the credit. I, I don't really know where the fingers get pointed here. The Bucks just kind of have to look, look ne- to next week and kind of just hope that they can turn the ship around and and get her back on course because boy was it abysmal. I know. You mentioned it previously, but I was going to say as well. Tell me what Bruce Arians was thinking. Crazy stat for you here. Fewest ever rushes in the NFL. Five carries. And one came on the final kneel down. And Tom Brady's not playing like himself. They're having struggles in the air. What is he thinking? Let me add, just real quick before you answer that question, they're also a power running team. I mean, yes, Brady lets it loose a lot, but... 
they their foundation is built on running the football to open up their pass game. They're a traditional pro style team. So what happened? What did happen? Why did they only rush it four times? Well, when you're trailing, you gotta get chunk plays and bigger yards, so you gotta throw the ball more. And I think that's just kind of what Bruce Arians turned to. I mean, when you fall behind as quickly as they did, you gotta you gotta start throwing the ball. I mean, I still think that it helps to be more balanced than even just trying to keep the defense on their toes, but. I mean, defense on their toes, but also keep your defense off the field. I mean, in a game where you're getting you're getting killed and, and the Saints are seamlessly scoring at will, wouldn't you think you want to run the ball a few times and kind of start milking some clock, kind of working the defense? Yeah, right. Throwing get a little legs under you. Like, I, I totally get you want big chunk plays when you're down, but it almost seems like you want to do that in the fourth quarter when it's when it's getting out of reach, not in the second quarter when you're down 14-0 and you just, you just keep passing to nothing and Brady just... Yeah. Couldn't find anything. At yeah. that point, the defense knows what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they could just sit back and yeah. camp. I mean, with that talented of a receiving core and and supposedly an offensive guru and Bruce Arians and, and Tom Brady, who we've seen at really big highs this year, kind of just drop an egg yesterday. I think he had a whopping three fantasy points, maybe even less than that. And, and I don't know why Leonard Fournette only had one carry. Yeah. go back to that. Because like, they ran the ball you, five times. That's doing, why he only got dog? one carry. Like, what are you doing? He did get involved in the Tom Brady <laughs> Classic, though. They did dump it to him in the flat about seven times. He got, he got me a bunch of catches on Fantasy last night. Right, and we got to give credit where credit's due. we got to keep an eye on those Saints and see what they're going to do moving into the playoffs in the postseason. All right, let's swing this thing to between the hashes. Absolutely. Lots Please. of huge college football games this weekend with very big college football playoff implications as well as conference championship games implications. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start in the SEC. Florida, big mm. one, huge one. We talked about it a little when I was talking about Kyle Trask, but they looked great this week. They beat down on Georgia, and they essentially put themselves in a position to have a date with Alabama here in the SEC championship exactly. game. Basically, the winner of this game was going to be the clear-cut favorite to win the SEC East and have a chance to play Bama or God forbid if someone else takes over Bama, maybe A&M. There's no way. I mean, no. right now they're two games up. Yes, it's probably going to be Bama who's waiting for whoever comes out of the East. And with Florida's win this week, despite having lost to A&M earlier in the season, they do hold the outright share first in the SEC East. And they did look good. I mean, that offense is dangerous. Kyle Trask was lighting it up. Dangerous. Kyle Pitts was making plays. They it looked good. really, really good. So do we have an early pick here? Who do you like in the SEC championship if it comes down to it? Bama. I wouldn't be surprised if Florida dropped a game again this year. I don't think it's likely. I don't, I'm don't. i not really sure who they got on the schedule, but just in an SEC like that, some of the teams that aren't quite at the top and, and have like a couple holes like Florida does on its defense, I think that's the kind of team that could potentially drop a game late in the season that could cost them. All right. That's good from the SEC. Let's move on to the Big Ten. Not as big of a win, but still major implications in the Big Ten East. Indiana wiped the floor on Michigan and kind of pushed the rest of the competition away, kind of making a two-headed race here between the Buckeyes and the Hoosiers in the East. They play in two weekends, too. Absolutely. Michael Penix Jr. Do you think he'll get it done, though? He's legit. He's legit. I don't think there's any it's question definitely... about that, but can he beat the Buckeyes? It's going to be a tall task. I don't know how you can't root for a team like that. I don't know how you can rule them out. I mean, they just dismantled Michigan this past weekend. Won a big game against Penn State, who we you know thought was kind of good, but now all of a sudden isn't really. It's definitely heating up. If there's a team to beat them, it's it's going to be Indiana. I don't really think anyone else is going to contest the Buckeyes the rest mm -hmm. of the season. But I think when 
the game will not be a game. I think Michigan Ohio State will be a pretty lame this year. So I think the best comp for the Buckeyes is going to be the Hoosiers. I think it's going to take a miracle though. <laughs> it will. It's going to be tough. It's going to take you a, know, it's going to take someone to make plays and be special and I think Michael Penix has that ability but we'll see. I 100% agree but I just don't know that he has the wide receiver core to compete with their secondary let alone the offensive no. line to compete with their defensive line that's been tearing up everyone this year man. It's it's going to be tough for them but hey, I'm on the Michael Penix train. I hope they can pull it off but it's gonna shake up the Big Ten if they do. <laughs> if they do, it'd be awesome. I would love to see somebody new out of the out of the East. It would be cool to see. If we're talking about the East, we gotta talk about the West. But there's not as much to say. All we really have here is a three-headed race between the Wildcats, Boilermakers, and the Badgers. And I really don't see anybody pulling away as a favorite here early. And I would say the Badgers, but nobody has really proved anything. The Badger Purdue game got canceled, so we'll never get to see that. And they take on Northwestern in about two weeks. It's going to be close. I really hope that somehow, some way, it shakes out where Wisconsin can win enough games that we can be put in the Big Ten championship game. I think as long as we win out, that we'll be deserving of that. And hopefully everything else just kind of falls into place. But until then, I don't know how you can't like this Northwestern Wildcats team. I was just I mean, going to say. Just, just snuck in the AP poll at 23 this week. 3-0. They're, they're the ones that proved it. They're going to have a, a couple – Draft picks come out of that team. Um, Patty Fisher's great, great linebacker, all-conference, maybe All-American this year. Um, I believe their center is the other guy who's getting a lot of NFL looks. So that's obviously, you know, your signal caller on the offensive line. That's a huge guy to have be a stud. And this team looks good. They look like they're rolling. I think a very interesting scenario, if it played out, but I think it's very unlikely, is if – Northwestern somehow faces Indiana in the Big Ten championship game or even in one of those those divisional <laughs> crossover bro. games. The Northwestern quarterback, Peyton Ramsey, he's a transfer from Indiana. So oh. I think it'd be really cool to see him go up against his old school yeah. in a game that had a lot of implications. It would be a hell of a story. That would be an awesome story. That'd be a great game. I didn't even expect you to say that. I thought you were just going to simply say for the no, fact no, that no. when have we ever seen Northwestern and Indiana play for a title? No, now no. that would cap off 2020. That would be Big Ten, I think, has a lot of work to do. It's not as clear-cut as the SEC is looking. Another conference that is really up for grabs right now, the Big 12. This weekend... Oklahoma State survived Kansas State by two, and Iowa State survived Baylor by seven, giving them both the top spots in the conference. However, I must say, they're not safe, as Kansas State, the team that Oklahoma State just beat, is just four and two, a game behind them, half a game behind them. And same with Oklahoma and Texas. They're lingering at four and two as well. So whereas we now have two frontrunners in this league, and there was some separation after the Oklahoma State's win against Kansas State, I mean... There's a lot of people gunning for that spot. It's definitely Oklahoma State's division to lose, but I think that somehow they'll find some way to lose it because it's just it's such a close-knit race, and I think that some team's going to figure out a way to kind of pull ahead and, and win some crucial games when it matters the most. But, I mean, Iowa State's up there, Kansas State's up there, Oklahoma's up there, Texas up there. West Virginia, I think, is going to be a team that's going to cause – trouble for someone else who's trying to to win it and clinch it they're gonna be the spoiler absolutely and it's just it's a really tight division there's no clear-cut favorite there's it's no not, it's not like Oklahoma's just a a massive like 
outright favorite in this conference this mm-hmm. year. Spencer Rattler doesn't really seem to be playing that well, and and they're not as dominant. Well, give me the miracle situation here that the Big 12 can find a team into the playoff. Does it have to be Oklahoma State? So my thing is, I mean, they don't have a they don't have an undefeated team anymore. No. So I don't. I think the only two teams that realistically could get in are Oklahoma State and Iowa yeah. State. Texas I, is out. Texas I think, is I think out. Oklahoma, they got two losses. They're right. Out. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State's the, probably the most realistic chance, especially because they Iowa seem State, to. Because they mm-hmm. seem, I think Iowa State is a chance, but I, I, in my opinion, I think Oklahoma State's the better team. I feel mm-hmm. like that their defense is more complete than any other team in the in the Big Twelve, and that's a huge leg up on anyone else. If it couldn't get more gritty, Oklahoma State plays Oklahoma this weekend. And Iowa State will be taking on Kansas State, then Texas, then West Virginia. That's a tough way to close. It's like I said, it's a really close conference. I think. But with that being said, I kind of, I kind of almost believe that um, you win those three games and you win the Big Twelve championship. Iowa State has a resume in their hands. Absolutely. I mean, anyone that comes out of their conference and as a champion and all of that stuff, that's huge. The big notable game though is that Iowa State. Uh, lost to Oklahoma State by three earlier in the year. Big 12 is tight. It's gritty. The last conference that we care about, because we're not talking about the Pac-12, because <laughs> all due respect to the Pac-12, but they're, they're, there's, they're, they're not going to the playoff. They're, get them out of here. Get them out of here. <laughs> Sweep the floor. Anyway, we already talked about it a little bit, but it deserves another little bit of recognition. Notre Dame got a huge win, putting them in control of the ACC for the rest of the year. And it locks them in for an ACC championship game, more than likely a rematch with Clemson. So, do you think this thing is over, set in stone, that we're going to be seeing a rematch of Clemson-Notre Dame? Or do you think, is it possible that Notre Dame falls this weekend against BC in a trap game? BC gave Clemson a tough one. I mean, I think that they're going to be coming high off a win, and I think that now they know that, like, look, like, we got the job done against Clemson. That was our one really big game. We just got to take care of business the rest of the season, and, and we're going to be exactly where we wanted to be going into this year. And I think that's something that's too too good to pass up on a team that's been so close in years past that, that they're really going to be doing everything they can to make make the most of this opportunity and really take over the potentially college football world with a really, really good football team. Yeah, I mean, they finally have the opportunity to win a conference championship, too, so that's going to just really help their resume. <laughs> right. Mean, as funny as it sounds, it's true. I mean, they, they have never played one of those, so it'll be huge for them. Uh, they got North Carolina, Syracuse, and Wake Forest after the game against Boston College, so, I mean, just by reading that, I would, I would lock them in for a ACC championship game. I'm right there with you. But Absolutely. what about Clemson? What about Clemson? That's the one thing I will say. They have Florida State this week in Tallahassee. That could be a trap game. That could cause them some problems. You know Tallahassee's allowing fans. They're going to be rocking. I think anything's possible right now, man. I would not be surprised to see a couple more upsets next week. Every team is kind of on a different level right now, whether they're dealing with COVID, whether they're not. The conferences seem to be very disconnected. and I don't know. That carries over to the games where we see things we've never seen before. It's a great time to be a football fan, though. A lot of parody. I don't think there's a hegemon this year. I think it's due to COVID, though. I think it put out one of the best team's best players. But I think that there's no clear-cut favorite this year, especially in a year where anybody can be sidelined at any moment. So you guys think if Trevor Lawrence plays, they win that game? I do. I can confidently say that. 
So you think when they play again, pending that everyone's healthy, that Clemson wins that game? I do. I'll lock them in for a win. I'm not as sure on that. So if Notre Dame loses a sec, like in the second matchup against Clemson, does that kill their playoff hopes? Because without having the conference championship, because if it were me, I'd rather lose now and well, I'd rather win both, but I'd rather lose now and then and beat them the in the game that matters more. That's the thing, because whoever wins that championship game now, like automatically right. solidifies himself in the play. That's a ticket. That's what. That's the perfect way to put it. It's their golden ticket. You got to punch a ticket in that game. But, you know, I think Notre Dame, I think they've done just about enough. It's hard. Let's. I just think it's hard to move them down from two to five in a loss to Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be it's going to be really dependent on the fact that where does the Big Ten play out? You know, like what like is Wisconsin and Ohio, Ohio mm-hmm. State both sitting right there, like oh. ready to come in like. How does SEC play out? Is the Big 12 going to get a team in? What about some contenders like Cincy and BYU? It's going to be really, really interesting. I would hope that Cincy doesn't get in. We'll see. I like BYU a lot better than Cincy. I do too. I just don't think Cincy's had any comp. If they go into, the, if they get into the playoff, it's going to be bad for them. They deserve a New Year's Six, and that's great for their program. It'll be great attention. It'll be a great opportunity for their players. And it'll be awesome for that program, but I just you go into the you put Cincinnati or somebody like that into the college football playoff, it's gonna be forty nine to nothing if they play Bama or Clemson or Ohio State. It's just not fun. All right, Condos Corner, we can't miss it. We can't skip it. It's my favorite segment. We get to talk about Michigan. It's fan favorite. A great state. (laughs) You got a great lake that touches our state, Lake Michigan. Shout out to Lake Michigan. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. But pure Michigan. Shout out but not, to the University no, of Michigan. No, not to the University. <laughs> Ann Arbor, man. What a terrible town. Garbo. Garbanzo. You know, corner. We usually talk about the Lions, and I didn't think it could get much worse, man. Dude, I. it's worse. We're talking college now. That's <sighs> that's the thing that, that Michigan faithfuls rely on is the college teams because the Lions don't ever get it done. <laughs> yeah, Michigan, Michigan State is usually their best source of football, but... The past five years, I don't know how Jim Harbaugh is still there. He coach. needs to get fired. <laughs> I know he has one more year left on his contract, and I don't know if you guys will believe it, but there's actually some NFL teams looking at him, and he mm-hmm. refuses to talk about it and whatnot. But, I mean, how do you lose to a rebuilding Michigan State? It's not even a Mark D'Antonio mm-hmm. Michigan State. Mm-hmm. It's... A trash Michigan State. It's a a trash Mm -hmm. Michigan State. They're coming into a tough game against the Badgers. I think they lost to Indiana. They've they've never beat Ohio State under Jim Harbaugh. That's terrible. That's embarrassing. That's terrible. You go to one of those schools. You have to win the game. If you go to Michigan or Ohio State, you have to win that game. I mean, this guy's resume is atrocious at Michigan, and I'm not sure what the future holds for him. I haven't read too much into what kind of offers he's getting, but I don't see anything. I think he has to go back to the league. I don't think he just belongs in college football. Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I I saw he changed his khakis, though, and he got a win. I don't know. For for a guy that's supposed to be a quarterback coach, it just blows me how many quarterback struggles they've had. Year after year, they can never find that guy. They should have grabbed Graham Ertz. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. For real. Seriously. 
seriously. They should have, but guess what? He doesn't like that school like the rest of us. Because why would you go to Ann Arbor? Nope. Why would you go to Ann Arbor? Why? Please riddle me to this. To be Ohio State's little brother, that's why. That's all it is. <laughs> all you're going to ever be is little bro, because I hate to break it to you. You guys might be good in academics, but Michigan State's going way harder than Ann Arbor. They party way <laughs> harder than Ann Arbor. They party harder. They got a way better basketball program. And they spanked y'all in football this they year. They spanked y'all in football when they should four. Dude, if you live in the state of Michigan, do not go to Ann Arbor. Please <laughs> apply to East Lansing. Take your no. tour. Go talk to Tom Izzo. All right. And go get a picture with Sparty. I would not go that far. <laughs> Dude, there's no way I would ever apply to Ann Arbor. Probably one of the most atrocious schools oh, in the yeah. country. Garbage, garbage. In the country. Academically. The only thing they have going for them is academics. Past that, it's absolutely garbage. <laughs> like, what are you even doing as a program? They should all cut right, the all athletics. Right, all right, that's all, we, uh, all I got. They suck at hockey, I, too. Justin can go off I don't hockey. know if you got anything, Christian. But. Got a little built-up hatred there, but huh? <laughs> a lot of built-up <laughs> hatred, man. No, that's not hatred. I will be. I'm. It's the same thing I said to you guys in the first episode. That's the Wisconsin honesty. I said it about Minnesota. <laughs> I, get it, I get it. When the other boys are not that, you gotta let them know. And they're not that. All they're right, let's that. let's take them off his soapbox. Let's take it to picks. Let's take the spread, please. Starting with West Carolina, zero and zero at twenty-two. Liberty. We got Liberty minus thirty-two point five. Gritty game, what you think? It's gritty because, like, uh, Western Carolina, what? We don't know anything about it. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a new team. You know who you know about? Liberty. <laughs> so give me the spread. Yeah. I'll take him to come. You'll take it? Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to take it. They, they wrote, they're they they're hype after that win. Yeah, bro. I mean, it goes both ways. I know you said we don't know anything about Carolina, but, like, they've also never played a game this season, so <laughs> they're going to get ran. Take the spread all day. Next one's an interesting one. Number three, Ohio State taking on Maryland. There's Ohio no State way. favored by 26. There's no way. There's no way. And that's no disrespect to Ohio State, but they didn't even cover 26 on Rutgers. Was it Rutgers? Yeah, it was Rutgers last weekend. I'm telling you, you've been talking about trap games all night. This is your trap game. For I, Ohio State? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who's Ohio State playing next week? Indiana. So who are they already thinking about? Indiana. Exactly. And that's the only game they really got to take care of. Obviously, you got to win out, but I mean, that's the game you really got to lock and This is Maryland Super Bowl. Same. It smells, <laughs> smells just yep. like the Illinois game for us last year. I, I I like Maryland in this one. I like Maryland to, like you said, bring it close. This could be a trap game. I would put the Buckeyes right now on upset alert. I will sincerely apologize for thinking Penn State was going to cover against Maryland last week. Mm-hmm. That was just that was disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's your home state too, yeah. Maryland man. Dude, they always get blown out to Penn State. <laughs> Even I was believing Maryland. I just didn't think Penn State was this bad. Ohio State. Minus 26. I take them to cover. You're covered? Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Another huge marquee Big Ten matchup. Huge implications for the Big Ten West. Number 23, Northwestern, taking on unranked Purdue. The spread is only three on this one. I'm taking it, though. The Wildcats roll. I think so. They, they played a close one against Nebraska this week, and... I think that they're going to keep it going. They look like a good football team. Well coached. Got some studs. I'll take Northwestern minus three. You know, I'm going to go against you guys on this one. Shake it up a little bit. Them Boilermakers, man. I think they're due for an upset. I think Northwestern's a great team. This ain't basketball. (laughs) I think they're a great team. I know I said some good things about them earlier, but 
it's a small spread. It's going to be a tight game. And It'll I think, be a tight one. like I said, there's going to be some upsets due next weekend. I think Purdue's going to be one of them. All right, let's take it out west. Utah at UCLA. Utah favored by three and a half. Justin, who you got? This one's interesting, but I'm going with the Utes. I like them. I like them. They're going to cover. Yeah, I just am not a fan of UCLA, so I'll take the Utes as well. I haven't been following these teams too much, but I really like the Utah football program. I'll take them to cover. It's because it's the Pac-12. Nobody watches the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> and then coming off a very big win, number two Notre Dame at Boston College, favored by 13 and a half. I think that's an easy cover. I don't know, man. This is a yawner. I'm not believing in it, and I got BC because Notre Dame will win this game. They'll win this game. They'll probably win it by like 10, 9, you know, something like that. But it's a sleeper. It's a yawner. I mean, you just had the game of the year. Like, we just, we just called that Clemson game the game of the year. You're coming in against Boston College at Boston College. You got to travel. It's early in the morning. They're going to be sleeping. They're going to have a little bit of a hangover. They're going to win, but don't expect it to be big. I'll, I'll give you that. You know, Boston College gave Clemson a run for their money in the mm-hmm. first couple quarters they played against them. This Notre Dame football program has a history of upsetting their fans. <laughs> Some teams that I also know. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I, I agree with you. I think that BC is going to give them for a run for their money, but I think this Notre Dame football team is going to come out hyped after last week, yeah. and they're just going to come out there and smack them, take the spread. What it might be is it might be a 10-point game at halftime, <laughs> and then it might get ugly. All right, let's wrap it up here with NFL Pick'em. Colts at Titans. Give me the Titans. I like the Titans. I'm Titans all day. Bills at Cardinals. I'll lie high in the desert. Easy. I'll take the Cardinals. I'll uh, take the Bills on this one. All right, Seahawks at Rams. Huge, huge, huge game for the very talented NFC West. Who you guys got? I like the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is going to bounce back. I mean, the Bills put up a record number on Pete Carroll, one of Pete Carroll's teams. I think they're going to be coming with some vengeance this weekend. I like the Rams. I think the Seahawks defense is really, really bad, and I think the Rams are going to exploit that, and Sean McVay is going to coach them up, and they're going to be ready to roll them over. Hey, I got the Seahawks in this one, too. I don't know who's guarding that man, DK Metcalf. Mm. I know Justin talked him up last week. Mm. I think they're going to have an absolute field day. Russell's going to be working out that arm. He's going to get his feet moving. I know the Bills have a really good defense, and like you mentioned, the Seahawks have been struggling, but I think they'll get it done. Just throw the ball to DK and they'll win. Jalen Ramsey. Cheat code. Jalen's washed. All right, 49ers <laughs> at Saints. I like the Saints huge in this game. Saints They're rolling. Mm. Not even a question. They're mm. rolling. They're hot right now. Next, next. <laughs> Ravens at Pats. This is, this is an interesting one because... It smells like a trap game. Smells like a trap game. I, I would want to say the Ravens, but Belichick is cooking. He's got three wins. I think he can sniff the uh, playoffs. He's getting a little whiff of it from afar. He's going to start walking towards it, but I, I still got the Ravens. I'll take the Ravens. I got the Ravens as well. Last and probably least, mm-hmm. the Vikings at the Bears. <laughs> the toilet bowl is what we call it here in Wisconsin. I mean, I, I don't I care. Don't can, I, can I pick a tie? Am yeah, I you guys to, have a coin? Am I, am I allowed to pick a tie? Yeah, you're allowed to pick a tie. I'll pick a tie. I got them both losing. <laughs> Kondo? I honestly think this will be, like, all jokes aside, I think this will be a really good game. It's going to be a battle on the ground. I'm going to take 
the Vikings. <laughs> Dalvin <call>. Cook. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. That's all we got for today. It's always fun chopping it up with you boys. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for staying tuned and listening with us. This is Badgers in the Basement. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Signing off. <laughs>